You're listening to the New England Take and WKXL. I'm your host, AJ Kirstead. Got a special edition episode here, sneaking in a uh, Wednesday morning edition of the show on WKXL in the morning, which I also host here on the station from 6 to 8 a.m. every day during the week. And we are joined today by Ross Conley, who is from Americans for Prosperity, New Hampshire, and professor of law at UNH Franklin Pierce School of Law, member of the Portsmouth Police uh, Commission, and friend of the ACLU of New Hampshire. Hampshire, Buzz Sure. Welcome both to the show. Pleasure to be back. Thanks for having me, AJ. So uh, I got an email last night. It was two, uh, Monday night at the time from uh, the AFP uh, crew saying that there's some legislation that's on the docket here this week, HB 1476, which is another uh, attempt at uh, undoing some of the bail reform work that all sorts of people you both included were involved with uh, a couple years ago. Uh, what is, what specifically is HB 1476 looking to do? Let's uh, start with you, Ross, on this. So uh, HB 1476 has passed the House uh, a few months ago, and and really the, the original bill was focused on second offenses, so people who were already out on bail and, and were rearrested. Uh, we were still opposed to, to that legislation, uh, but but we're re- willing to work with the sponsor on trying to improve the language similar to the SB 92, which we've talked about on the show before. Uh, you know, there was a lot of different proposals on how to address bail. Uh, the issue here has been uh, what has come out of the committee of conference, the meeting between the House and the Senate to find an agreement uh, has become one of the most draconian bail changes in the country. Uh, it's so broad, so open ended that uh, we are extremely concerned, not just uh, the fact that we will be holding people that are not a threat to their community, not a threat to themselves, uh, really just uh, being picked up on on minor nonviolent crimes, but it's also going to have a massive impact on taxpayers. Uh, Filling up jails to to the brim will absolutely come back to, to, to the county since they're run by county governments, that that will impact uh, uh, property taxes for Granite Staters. And obviously in this time where we have uh, record inflation, uh, Granite Staters are already paying more. Uh, we think it's irresponsible for legislators to, to ask Granite Staters to pay more in property taxes uh, in order to lock up people who are not a threat to the community. Buzz, as a professor, a member of the a police commission, when you see this new language putting in with uh, HP 1476, uh, are you surprised by what you're seeing? Like, what makes it stand out to you? Uh, what well, two things, two two or three things make it stand out. Number one, it's the worst uh, effort to repeal bail reform that we've seen. It it combines fourteen. Uh, uh, it combines. Uh, what what was defeated three times by the House in either SB 92 or SB 294 with a uh, an, a draconian version of 1476, a version that that uh, wasn't presented to the House when it was originally passed. At n- number one, number two, that particular draconian version is what I would call the uh, beware of youthful indiscretions uh, portion of the bill. It now says if you're charged with a class B misdemeanor, that is a crime for which you cannot get a jail sentence. uh, um, And in any time in the past, you have been arrested twice before. 
you then get subjected to this mandatory bail hearing in front of a judge where uh, it's tilted dramatically against you getting out. Um, so uh, all, all you people out there who had youthful indiscretions, who got arrested for a drunken disorderly, AJ, we won't talk about your past, uh, a, a, a drunken disorderly in college or a criminal trespass uh, in some fashion or another, um, you're carrying that with you from now on. If you get if you get charged with a class B misdemeanor, you could end up sitting in jail until you get a trial. So that's the second thing that's bad about it. The third thing is you're now going to have a whole bunch of hearings for people charged with class B misdemeanors um, uh, that otherwise wouldn't be getting those hearings in front of judges, uh, because they wouldn't be, they would, they wouldn't, there wouldn't be an issue of bail. Uh, and it's going to course cost the court system a lot of money. One estimate we heard with, uh, just the SB 294 version, SB 92 version was a couple of million dollars. This is going to be even more. It's going to cost three or $4 million a year to the court system. So, uh, and finally, uh, ironically, what we're hearing from the Merrimack County attorney spoke with a bunch of legislators and said, you know, that uh, youthful indiscretion section to it. Well, we're just we're just not going to apply it. We're going to interpret it so it doesn't apply. The request thereby being you can pass this bill because we're not going to apply that. Um, so we are now in the official silly season for things being said to try and get things passed through the legislature. And, and that's a that's a big problem if like certain attorneys across the state are inconsistently going to be enforcing the laws that are on the books. That must cause problems from uh, all sorts of perspectives. Well, yeah, uh, well, go ahead, Ross. Yeah, I just want to point out, I mean, so the current law, the, the, the current bail law says that an individual shall be held if they are a threat to their community or themselves. So the, the current law is not being applied in the correct manner as we speak. So uh, it, it's, it's not a way to make legislation, make law by saying we should just pass this and we'll implement it in a different way. That seems to be the root of the problem as we speak. You have more on that, Buzz? Um, yeah, I, it, it, uh, ironically, uh, the police have been arguing in favor of of uh, repealing much of bail reform because it's being applied inconsistently. I mean, that's been a very regular argument on that part. So to so now hear the Merrimack County attorney turn that completely on its head and say, we're not going to apply it, even though it's 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 there's no ambiguity. I mean, he says, well, it's just an interpretive matter. It's like, well, it's not an interpretive matter. There's no ambiguity in the, what the legislation reads. Um, so it, it's uh, it, it's there's a good bit of desperation on the part of those um, of those still trying to get this passed. The other piece that we keep hearing is that, you know, we got to stop all these dangerous people from getting out on bail and then going ahead and committing more crimes. Well, other than, you know, anecdotal evidence from several years ago, uh, there's no evidence that's at, that's happening in a sustained way uh, more than it's ever happened. In fact, since bail reform went into effect, the crime rate 
for dangerous crimes and for non-dangerous crimes has gone down in New Hampshire. Buzz, from from a law enforcement perspective with people being out on, out on bail, I mean, this has been a nationwide uh, back and forth between the Democrats and the Republicans when it comes to how exactly to handle this. Um, it seems like California isn't doing a fantastic job with necessarily handling with cer- certain jurisdictions, to be specific. When it comes, is, is New Hampshire an exception when you look at cr- uh, crime rates nationwide when it comes yep. to this being reasonable on it? Yes, it is. Crime rates are going down in New Hampshire. In other cities, uh, for certain crimes, crime rates are going up, although there's a lot of what I've called uh, copaganda going on. It turns out when you actually look at the, the city of San Francisco, where there's been an outcry, public outcry fostered by uh, the PR uh, uh, office of the San Francisco Police Department about crime rate going up, um, the crime rate uh, the the uh, homicide rate in, in, in San Francisco has gone down 20%. Um, well, I'd say maybe part of that to push back a little bit, maybe because they're not enforcing certain laws based on some COVID holdouts that they had with regards that they're not going to uh, arrest people if, if the, there's only a certain level of merchandise uh, price before they, they have the right to arrest. Yeah, uh, that may be true, but this is the homicide rate. Okay has gone down uh, over 20%. Um, So uh, put aside the fact that uh, police are very selective about the information they put out in public about what's actually going on. Uh, New Hampshire, the crime rate is going down by statistics taken from the state police website, statistics taken from the Manchester Police Department website, the crime rate in all respects is going down. And you can't say we got it. It's, you know, ever since bail reform, all these dangerous people have been getting out and committing crimes and then and then have your own website saying crime rate is going down. Um, it's so uh, the unfortunate part of this is the way, and, and to address your point directly about what's going on nationally, when it comes to crime, fear is a very powerful motivator for legislators and voters. And it's unfortunate because accurate data gets very much lost in the shuffle. Um, and, and, and that's an ongoing problem. And I'll just say, you know, for from our perspective at AFP, you know, we, we believe if, if you're a, a threat to the community, um, yes, you, you should be held pre-trial. Um, again, that's that's what's currently written in the law. Um, you know, if there is a problem, uh, it is a targeted problem. And, and we, we would need a targeted solution. This is not that. This is recriminalizing poverty. Uh, we would be locking up massive amounts of people. Just, just to really highlight with an example of, of how extreme this language is uh, with this section two of, of HB 1476, if this were to be implemented, uh, somebody who was picked up for uh, two misdemeanor trespassing charges protesting the Vietnam War in the 1960s, uh, and those charges are then dismissed uh, here in 2022 with no charges in, in the, the in-between, uh, they get picked up on on having an expired license while operating a, a motor vehicle, uh, another misdemeanor. 
they uh, they would be forcibly detained in, in county jail. And, and that is uh, not protecting public safety. Uh, it is unnecessary and, and really uh, irresponsible to, to go back in that direction. Ross, from a political perspective, looking at the sponsors of this bill, I mean, what what does it look like for party lines on this? I, I can say, you know, Republicans and Democrats alike seem to be very, very concerned with this this language. I would like to think that this was an error in a rush to try and get an agreement. Um, you know, this bill cannot be amended because it was in committee of conference. Uh, so the most responsible thing for legislators, uh, representatives and senators alike is to reject this proposal and come back next year. And, and we, we do uh, both Buzz and I support a, a, a proposal to, to move from bail commissioners to magistrates uh, that that would, uh, from our perspective, solve a lot of these problems. Uh, but that we need to work on it next year. This this is not ready to become law and it cannot become law. And to pick up on, on what Ross is saying, you know, uh, the, the, the coalition of people who are <clears throat> very concerned with this current legislation crosses all political boundaries, you know, from very conservative Republicans to very progressive Democrats. Um, it is, uh, it's, it, it really hasn't been a partisan issue. I, I think the fundamental one of the fundamental political problem here has been that it's been a one stakeholder effort to pass this kind of legislation. It has not been an effort by a coalition of many stakeholders. Uh, it's driven primarily by the police and particularly the Manchester Police Department and the statewide police chiefs association. And they didn't do any consulting with any of the other stakeholders involved in the criminal justice system, the court system, uh, the prosecutors, the criminal defense lawyers, uh, those representing uh, people who uh, who are poor. Uh, it's and, and that has meant a lot of confusion, a lot of uh, anger, uh, and a lot of messy legislation to just try and craft a political patch to fix a mess. And, and, and we should start over next year uh, uh, with everybody talking to everybody else. Yeah, yeah I mean, bail reform basically is, is so far from the root issue that's going on in Manchester right now, especially. I mean, the issues with poverty, zoning. I've had Johnny Bassett from the Granite State News Collaborative to talk about the uh, his Invisible Wall series, talking about zoning and the complexity and uh, kind of really sketchy historical reasons for a lot of the zoning that goes on down there that really makes it hard for more housing or changes or improvements to housing to really take place. I mean, this is something people on both sides of the aisle would agree on if you if they weren't just stuck in this political vacuum that where both parties are kind of stuck in. Yeah, and there's, a, you know, it, it is New Hampshire and there's a lot of goodwill and desire to sort this out in a way that works for as many stakeholders in the criminal justice system as possible. Uh, understanding that you're never going to get all that you want um whatever whoever you are as a stakeholder and you know one of the, the the benefits of new hampshire historically has been 
that's been the ethos uh, in the legislature and in the criminal justice system. And, and we need to get back to that. And I'll just say, I mean, we, we uh, you know, have throughout this process tried to work with the sponsors, work with the legislature to find that middle ground agreement. Um, and, and unfortunately, uh, this is not that language. Uh, it, it's so broad and so encompassing that it really undoes a lot of the progress that we made back in 2018. And we do not want to revert back to jailing people simply because they cannot afford bail. Uh, that, was an, that was a great improvement. Uh, it, we understand the concerns from the public about safety. Um, there's a way to do that. This is, this is not the answer. Sponsors of the bill might disagree, but it really seems like another bill that's kind of getting rushed through because it it's so busy right now over in Concord. There's been so many bills going through. I speak with the New Hampshire Bulletin, which is uh, government-focused news coverage here in the state on a weekly basis, and it's just this constant slew since the first of the year of all everything from housing funding to abortion reform to bail reform and, and everything like that. I mean, how much do you think it's just there's just so much on the plate right now that it's hard to really focus. People don't really, bail reform really is a little more complex than people realize just on the face of it. I think the biggest, sorry, Buzz, the biggest no. issue on this was just, you know, they're trying to fit a, a square block, a block through a round hole, um, you know, and, and to Buzz's point, just not uh, working with everyone to try and find an agreement and just constantly trying to pass the same, same legislation um, you know, they, they, to your point, we're, we're really trying to tackle a lot of big issues, a lot of issues that, that we supported. Uh, but the, this, uh, just was not, uh, one that, that was, is prepared to actually become law. And we going back to the drawing board is, is the most responsible route that legislators can take. But super quick, did you have a follow up? Um, uh, no, I, I agree with Ross. Um, it's well said. All right. So what's it look like for the voting on this? This is released on Wednesday, May 25th in the morning. When's voting on this supposed to take place? Thursday, uh, probably Thursday morning. But, you know, one never knows. Uh, that's the last day of the legislature this year. It's an early, early end. And that's not a June end. It's a May end. So there's going to be a lot of stuff uh, flying through the House uh, in particular on on Thursday. And, you know, you never know uh, the wonders of the legislative process when things are all jammed up and there's a lot of business. You never know which side that's going to cut in favor of. But uh, we are hearing a lot of lot of discontent with this latest head towards the uh, extreme rather than the middle. Yeah, it'll be up uh, on Thursday, uh, which would be tomorrow uh, when, when this runs. And uh, so you do still have time. Contact your representative, contact your senator, encourage them to vote against this because uh, we, we do not need to go backwards uh, in, in time. We, we need to look to, to actually having a beneficial solution that, that doesn't negatively impact Granite Staters. Buzz Sher, Portsmouth Police Commission and Professor UNH Franklin Pierce School of Law and uh, Ross Connolly, Deputy Director for AFP New Hampshire. Thank you both for joining the show. Pleasure. Thanks, AJ. You're listening to the New England Take on WKXL. Be sure to check out nhtalkradio.com to get all the back episodes of the show and the podcast version on your favorite podcast platform. Also releasing the videos on New England Take on Facebook and Twitter. We'll be right back after this.